Welcome to another episode of the Pastor's Call Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Webb. Before we begin today's episode, I want to thank the sponsor for the show. It's Blue Water Free Methodist Church, the church where I have the pleasure of serving. We're an intentional community reflecting Jesus to our world. I also want to thank Refresh Digital Services, who are the producers of this podcast. Well, today I'm so excited to have joining with me. He is the pastor of Zion Freedom Fellowship in Westminster, Maryland. I want to welcome on Rob Goodman. Thanks for joining us today, Rob. Hey, thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here with you tonight, and I'm looking forward to sharing um, many different things and uh, responding to your questions or whatever you'd like to talk about. I'm here to um, so fire away. Wonderful. Well, we're going to get right into it. Uh, Rob, just share a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you felt your call uh, to being a pastor was. Sure. Well, it's a long story, but I'll brief it up really quickly because I got saved at the age of 19. Uh, well, when I got saved, I was immediately pushed into being a youth pastor two months after I got saved. And that was like a rude awakening. And the people that were the leaders in that church at that time, they felt the first time I spoke to a group of youth, I was just asked to give a testimony and they sensed the anointing of God upon my life. And they, they came up to me and said, you've been called to preach. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Cause I was only two months old in the Lord. Hmm. And I was just, you know, learning about the, the word of God. I spent hours in the scripture. I was drawn to the word of God and I could not put it down. I mean, from the time I woke up in the morning, I would go to work. And then I'd come home and I dove right into the scripture. I had an immediate love for the word of God. So as I began to grow, I started a, a Bible study on Friday evenings at an elementary school that I used to attend when I was a young kid. And that became very strong and very popular. We had quite a few young people attending and we did a lot of things outreaches from that and so on and so forth. So it was really a wonderful time, but I really didn't realize that God called me to be a pastor until about, let's see, the church is now 11 years old. ZFF is 11 years old, Zion Freedom Fellowship. We started in January of 2013. And it started out of a Bible study that I did at a lawyer friend of mine's office uh, every two weeks on Monday mornings. And I did that for about three or four years straight. Then of course I had some health issues. I had a leg amputation, my left leg because of diabetes. And um, I continued to do that. So we were involved at that time in an African church from all places, Cameroon, which you're very familiar with. Mm -hmm. And they were from Yuande and they were a part of a, about a 10,000 to 12,000 uh, church member church. And of course they had some problems with leadership and things like that, but won't get into that right now. But once I started teaching that Bible study 
And this church that we had belonged to, we felt like had gotten into some error. Mm -hmm. And so me and this lawyer friend of mine and one other brother of his, we decided to leave. And we felt led probably maybe a couple of years after that to start the church. And that's how it began, be, begun. And then Pastor Bailey had just recently passed away. I'd been to a bunch of conferences up there visiting and things like that. And uh, Pastor Wallace um, asked us to be a part of it. So we came under the covering of uh, Zion Fellowship International. So that's where okay. we've been ever since. Yeah, so can you can you share a, a little bit? So you know, I know we were talking a couple minutes uh, before we started recording about you know the different ways that that God calls. You know, uh, there's kind of like Martin Luther. You know, we're all familiar with like the lightning on the road during the storm and uh, kind of the instantaneous call. Or, or there's the growing conviction. A lot of pastors I talk to have a growing conviction over their life that you know over time they feel God's calling to ministry. But right. for you, it sounds like you were just kind of pushed. Um, you know, it's like, oh, you're, you're a youth pastor now. Um, could you go, could, maybe could you kind of go back for us a little bit into that? Like what, what was your mindset thinking about this? Like, did you feel initially called to ministry? Like what, what was that like kind of moving into this ministry role kind of out of the blue, just as a baby Christian? Well, it was uh, a little bit difficult at first, but I knew one thing. I knew that God was using me. When I opened up my mouth, the word of God came out mm -hmm. and I had filled myself with the word of God. Mm -hmm. And even that very first time I, I remembered because everybody, the kids that were there, probably like 25 or 30 kids sitting on the ground at a camp and they were all sitting there with their mouths open. And I'm like, why is everybody looking like this? I must look weird or something, you know, but the adult leadership came up to me afterwards. Like I said earlier, they said, wow, you've been called to preach. Mm -hmm. And I started, you know, seeking the Lord about that. Mm -hmm. And as opportunities came about to teach Bible studies, you know, to different people, and I started that uh, Bible study at the elementary school, mm -hmm. it just went from there. So it wasn't like a lightning bolt experience, but at the same time, I knew that I knew that I knew that God was using me. And, and I want to say this too, and I don't know how people, different people feel differently about this and I don't want to get into any kind of controversy, but I have a very strong prophetic calling on my life. Mm -hmm. The Lord uses me that way with uh, visions and different types of things that really are proven to be uh, true in a period of time or when you know I'm praying over people and the Lord gives me words for them or gives me specific insight or happenings. Mm -hmm. I know there was an experience one time at Assemblies of God Church where I was sitting down the aisle from this young lady and during worship, I happened to look down at her and the Lord spoke to me, she's pregnant and she's not married. And the Lord said, I want you to go talk to her. And I'm like, Lord, I can't do that. You know, if I'm wrong, she's going to think I'm a real, you know, real retard or something, you know, but the Lord would not let, let off of me. He just, I felt 
his hands, is laying heavy. He said, no, I want you to go talk to her right now. Mm -hmm. So after service, I went up to her and I said, listen, I said, this may not make any sense to you. And if it doesn't, please forgive me. I'm very, very sorry. I said, but the Lord strongly impressed upon me that you have become pregnant and you're being tempted to abort this baby. Mm. And she started to cry like a baby. Mm. I mean, she just cried and cried and, you know, a couple other women came up and hugged her and things like that. And I said, listen, I said, your parents are pressuring you. And she said, yes, they are to have this abortion. And she said, but you know, the Lord has been dealing with me that I need to have this baby and give it up for adoption. And that's what happened. So I've had instances like that many times in my life. So the Lord has used me in a prophetic way. And, and again, as we know, the scripture talks about the nine fruits of the spirit and the nine gifts of the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. And I personally believe that they're very active today in today's church. Mm -hmm. Many people don't believe it, but I do. I've seen evidence of it in my life. And that is something that I don't abuse because character, the character and the nature of Christ is far more important than what gifts you possess mm -hmm. or you're in some glamorous spotlight. I don't have any care for that whatsoever. Mm. I just want to serve the Lord and be humble and obedient to him and whatever he's called me to do. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. So can you go a little bit into talking about um, over the, the years of, of experience, kind of maybe can you ask kind of the highlights of the different uh, roles that you've served in as a pastor and then as you're as you're talking about sure. that, maybe maybe highlight some of the, the high points and low points, because, you know, we, we learn from both things, successes and failures. Um, you know, that's how the Lord speaks and works in our lives at times. So maybe as you're kind of going through that timeline, share some of those high points and low points and, and maybe some of the lessons that have come from those. I'd be glad to. Well, I've been uh, assistant pastors mm -hmm. on many occasions. I've served with a lot of different churches, but one church in particular that I felt led to go to, and they asked me to be the pastor. Well, this gentleman that was over this ministry, this ministry actually met in a house mm. um, around outside of Baltimore City where I grew up at, and he was very authoritative. Uh, uh, very much into authority and you do what i say and if i say uh jump you ask me how high mm -hmm. i mean it was really very very difficult and mm -hmm. i had such a heart for the people because the people were broken mm -hmm. i knew that they were broken they were hurting and many of them had been shuffled from church to church but yet this man was so into authority that the love of god wasn't really present mm -hmm. and you know, he was always telling me what to do, what to say, shouldn't say this, shouldn't do that. And finally, after about, I guess, maybe a year, I decided to leave. Mm. And he wrote me a long letter. It really hurt me. It hurt me. He wrote me a long letter and saying, you know, that I will never go anywhere in ministry, that there's a curse that's come upon my life. I mean, 
that was rough. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the, the down, down points. And that was really difficult for both my wife and I. Um, some of the high points have been the different fellowships that we've worked with. Mm. We've worked with a lot of different fellowships. We've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. And like you said, God uses all those things to shape and mold our character. And like I said earlier, I really feel like our character is more important than anything. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the character and the nature of Christ mm. in you, then you're not really going to be a good leader. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the gifts that I'm not strong in, I've never been strong in administrative gifts. Mm -hmm. And I thank God that the Lord has placed around me men and women who are better at it than I am. Mm -hmm. And I have a really strong uh, teaching anointing and by the way i do have a youtube channel it's called hmm. uh zion freedom fellowship three words zion freedom fellowship and it's uh at youtube.com if anybody's interested you can look it up cover a bunch of different topics we usually do one each and every week there were times during the pandemic because of my health situation i had a kidney transplant in 2013 hmm. and my immune system because of anti-rejection meds are lowered so i had to be ha will still have to be very careful if i'm around anybody that's ill or sick so um but you know we've had a lot of good experiences with different churches mm -hmm. we've learned about evangelism we've learned about going out you know one of the churches i worked with i had the wonderful opportunity of you know standing on a platform down in baltimore city and leading people to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I have a, a real heart for leading the lost to the Lord. Because mm -hmm. I believe that that is the main focus and the goal. We need to make disciples and train them. And in making disciples, we need to be honest with them about the spiritual battle that they're about to enter. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you're born again. You're saved. Everything's going to be wonderful. Uh-uh. Mm -hmm. That's not the way it typically goes enemy begins to attack you you're tempted i mean all kinds of things you know your family turns against you they hate you yeah. and you know all kinds of those things like that so anyway i might have gotten off track no. a little bit i'll go no, for that and I, I appreciate your your little focus there especially on uh pastoral character um you know that that's a discussion that's kind of going around the pastor sphere kind of the pastor world with so mm -hmm. many pastors kind of getting out of ministry especially in the last couple years um you know right. have, having that that formed character like Christ and also just uh having having a life built upon um you know the spiritual disciplines is so important to keep us sustained absolutely um and you know I'm going to throw this in it's, it's a book that's been recommended in the past it's by Eugene Peterson it's called Working the Angles the Shape of Pastoral hmm. Character um and he so perfectly breaks down uh kind of the three main components kind of a wow. triangle of of pastoral character um uh, you know an excellent resource and so appreciate your highlighting of pastoral character as well um especially in our uh, leadership focused church world uh the the focus so often is on ability rather than the person behind the the skill um and you know that's what can so often lead to to people falling correct absolutely very much yeah. so and what you're saying is very very true 
one of the books that I highly recommend to others about the church. It's, I really believe it's the best book I've ever read about the mm -hmm. church. And it's by Derek Prince. And I believe it's called the body uh, it's something about the church, but okay. I don't remember the title off the top of my head, but the way that he breaks down pastors, elders, deacons, and he really explains mm -hmm. it. Derek Prince was a great teacher mm -hmm. and the way that he lays out the church in his uh, book is really amazing. I learned so much. Mm. A lot of things clicked and made sense to me about how the body of Christ should be and operate. Mm. Awesome. And I will, I'll try to do the searching. I'll find the title of that book. I'll throw that in right. with any other book recommendations you'll have in a couple minutes uh, okay. that, you know, that people can benefit in, from that resource. Uh, you know, so one thing I want to talk about uh, looking, you know, where you're at now, you've had years of pastoral experience behind you, but looking forward, seeing the things that maybe are coming over the hill, so to speak, uh, what do you feel are challenges that pastors, uh, you know, our, our goal, our hope, our focus on this podcast is to encourage those who are interested pursuing or in the pastoral ministry. Amen. And so what are, what are the things maybe that you're seeing kind of coming over the horizon, so to speak for, for pastors that may be upcoming challenges or things that they'll have to face? Well, I think one of the biggest things that I'm foreseeing in my own personal life, and I really believe I've spent a lot of time praying about this, I think with the present situation, and I'm not going to get into this right now, but or comment greatly about it, but the government in the United States right now has really turned against God big time. I think that's very evident. And many many christians have been persecuted um this whole transgender and sex changing and children being involved in that has created a lot of issues and we the church need to take a stand for what is right mm -hmm. we don't need to just be politically correct quote unquote but we need to stand upon the word of god and what the word of God declares about homosexuality, about pornography. I mean, these are issues that many Christian people deal with right now. Mm -hmm. And pastors need to be honest about that. Mm -hmm. And we need to take a stand for righteousness. We, we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but righteousness has been given unto us as a gift. And of course, we know that Peter says, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. No man will see the Lord. So we need to learn how to walk in holiness and live a sanctified, set-apart life unto the Lord to the best of our ability and by the help and the power of the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. So that is really important. And I think we're going to face a lot of challenges in those areas. Mm -hmm. In other words... You know, the threat of having your um, your government, um, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Your government uh, backing or tax, uh, mm -hmm. um, tax fund, whatever it's called, uh, you know, taken away from you. Mm -hmm. That's been threatened by some pastors as well, mm -hmm. you know. So to me, if that day ever comes, I'd rather be righteous and stand up for the Lord than mm -hmm. to have a tax ID number mm -hmm. where people can get their donations on their uh, 
um, IRS form every year. Mm -hmm. You know, I really think that those things are important, but I really feel like we're going to be facing a lot of challenges in those areas. So what do you believe if you're a young person that feels led to uh, come into the pastorate and you're studying and you're preparing for that? Be grounded in what you believe according to the word of God. Mm -hmm. Our opinions, of course, we all have our opinions and the Lord changes those as we grow older. I know a lot of my opinions have changed over mm -hmm. the years greatly. Mm -hmm. But are we founded upon righteousness? Mm -hmm. Are we founded upon what the Bible teaches, what Jesus had to say? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that to me is extremely important. I think we're going to face a lot of challenges in that area in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate you sharing kind of the the urgency and importance of that message. And you know, we are in a time you know that we haven't seen in in a generation, um, or maybe many generations in a post Christian society in many different ways. Uh, the opportunity for the church is great uh, to witness the transformative power of the gospel that changes lives and changes nations. And, um, you know, I think if we look at examples like Bonhoeffer and others like him, mm -hmm. you know, what happens when the church folds to whatever kind of the, the pressure of the day is to be kind of in line mm -hmm. with, with what is presumed right. Um, you know, we see that, you know, standing with the gospel, though it might cost you your life is worth everything. So um, definitely an encouragement uh, following Christ as our King is not for the faint of heart in a sense. Um, <laughs> So there's a, there's a Charles Spurgeon quote I love. He talks about living in the Bible but reading many good books. And, you know, through the power of God's word, through his Holy Spirit, we've been changed and transformed through Scripture. But what have been some of those other good books? I know you already mentioned one by Derek Prince, but what have been some of those other good books that you've really enjoyed or just appreciated over the years? Well, I wish I would have known this ahead of time, but um... – I've read a lot of Pastor Bailey's books from Zion Fellowship International. I mm -hmm. like a lot of those. I've learned a lot, especially the journey of Israel. Um, mm -hmm. The calling of the prophet is one of them that I've enjoyed. I've read a lot of them. I can't label them off the top of my head. I've been through a lot of medical problems as of late, and it's affected my memory somewhat as well. So anyway, um, but I could certainly put together a list and maybe send them to you mm -hmm. um, if that would help for the future. Yeah, any uh, any of those books, uh, you know, we can. Uh, I'll have them available in the description for anybody who's interested. Can find them on Amazon or wherever else that book can be sourced from. Right. Uh, you know, over the year and a little bit, I've done this podcast. I've just been greatly blessed by so many of the book suggestions from pastors, and you know, I've talked to pastors oh, across, across the denominational spectrum, and and just hearing the various voices, uh, how God has spoken through His His people. Um, has wow. just been so encouraging. So been uh, so certainly appreciate those and um, any of those other ones you haven't mentioned. I'll try to make sure that they get in the show notes as well, so people can uh, have a chance to check those out. So, uh, well, uh, Rob, I want to thank you so much for taking time uh, to join me on on the sh on the show today and just share your story, share your heart for pastors and and where you see things are going. Well, it's been a pleasure, Joe. And anytime you want to do it, I'd be happy to do it again with you sometime. And you know, I'm praying for your ministry as well, because this is a 
great mechanism to reach others. And especially your goal is to reach uh, people who are feeling called into pastorate care and being a shepherd. You know, being a shepherd, we are literally under shepherds under the Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. because he was a shepherd. He's the great shepherd of the sheep, the scripture mm -hmm. tells us. So who better to learn from than him? Amen. And again, having a relationship with him is the most important thing. And if we don't have a relationship with him, you know, one of the things I'll never forget, I'll share this story really quick. When I first told a pastor that I grew up under at a Lutheran church, uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran Church uh, in Baltimore, and I went there as a kid. I went with my aunt, with my grandmother. My aunt later got saved, mm. and that was wonderful. And she had a great influence in my life, planning the Word of God. And a little old lady lived across the street from me. Her name was Mrs. Keys. She took me to her Methodist church. And I learned a lot about the Lord. She planted, both of those uh, two ladies planted a lot of seeds in my life mm. that came to fruition at the age of 19. But, you know, it's amazing to me that the relationship with the Lord is the most profound thing that we need to have and staying in the word of God. Mm -hmm. The only way that you're going to come to know the Lord is through his word because the Lord and his word, they are one. Mm -hmm. They are one. He upholds all things by the word of his power. His word, you know, he became flesh and dwelt and lived and tabernacled among us. So, and we beheld his glory, the scripture says in uh, John chapter one. The only way that we're going to get to know and understand the glory of God is by spending time in his presence and in his word and allowing the word of God to transform our lives. Oh, amen. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I also want to thank the sponsor for the show. It's Blue Water Free Methodist Church. We're an intentional community reflecting Jesus to our world. I also want to thank Refresh Digital Solutions, who produces this podcast. And most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener, for joining us in another episode of the Pastor's Call podcast, where our hope, our goal, and our mission is to encourage those who are interested, pursuing, or in the pastoral ministry by hearing the stories of those who have gone before you can find our podcast wherever podcasts are found. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Please check us out. Subscribe so you know when new episodes drop every single Wednesday. So in the meantime, share this episode with your family, share it with your friends, share it with your pastor, and we'll see you. God bless.